Nothing you hear in this program constitutes investment advice. It is an expression of opinion only. This is Frisbees, Bulls and Bears. Talking money and markets. What's happening and why. We talk to the experts, the traders, the investors and the companies they're investing in. You're listening to Frisbees, Bulls and Bears with Dominic Frisbee. Hello and welcome to Frisbee's Bulls and Bears with me, Dominic Frisbee. A reminder that you can subscribe to the show by clicking on the subscribe via email button on the left-hand side of your screen. And then every time I upload a new show, you will be notified in your inbox and that's the only email you'll receive. You can also follow us on Facebook. You can befriend us there. Now, if you look back into the archives of Frisbee's Bulls and Bears, you'll see that the first ever company who I interviewed was First Majestic, and their president is Keith Nurmeyer. And it's a pleasure to be sitting next to Keith once again. So, Keith, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm great, Dominic. Uh, thanks for the opportunity. Not at all, not at all. Now, um, of all the silver companies, I mean, we all know silver's done fantastically well over the last uh, six months. And of all the silver companies, the one that has shined brighter than any other has been First Majestic. So firstly, I should say many, many congratulations. You're now a two and a half billion dollar. Your market cap is now two and a half billion dollars, isn't it? We have a lot of very happy shareholders. Um, So (laughs) let's start by talking about silver generally. Um, when we, we were having dinner last night, and, and you said that, that um, silver is, is, is undergoing a re-rating, well, why don't you tell our listeners what you mean by that? Sure. You know, as, as the human race becomes more reliant on, on technology, we become more reliant on silver. Uh, and there's very few things that uh, we need in our day-to-day life, and uh, one is silver. If, if we took silver out of our life, our, our life would change dramatically for the worst. Uh, most of our ho- household appliances wouldn't work. Our house wouldn't even be electrified. Uh, our automobiles, our, our, our computers, cell phones, uh, many, many things that we do in a day-to-day uh, uh, normal life, uh, it, we just wouldn't happen the same way they happen today without silver. And uh, we've consumed now over the last 20 years virtually all of the above-ground supplies of the metal. And uh, we've been in a deficit for... Uh, a multi-decades now, about 13 years uh, a deficit, um, which has uh, contributed to that uh, tightness or the, the, the current tightness of the supply. And uh, now where there's less than one year of total supply uh, available on the surface. And uh, a, a good chunk of that metal is actually with the ETFs. And, and that's a whole other story, whether the ETFs even have the metal. So, uh, you know, assuming they do, which actually I don't believe they, they do, but uh, many uh, do believe they do have the metal, you know, you've got a billion ounces of silver there in the, uh, on the surface, which, which is a, a historically the lowest we've ever seen. And, um, and, and that's creating this huge problem on the supply side. I talk to the traders on a daily basis uh, that, uh, that trade our metal. And, and uh, you know, obviously, we're a significant uh, producer of silver now. And, and uh, you know, I think we've got a pretty good feeling for the physical market. Uh, and I know for a fact that the commercial buyers are, are, are buying at these prices and continue to buy. And you, you've got all the uh, hedge funds and all the investors and you put it all together and you're creating this um, um, situation that we're seeing right now and and, uh, and and it is a re-rating and the natural uh, ratio which we talked about last night at dinner as well was you know 16 to 1 and that's uh, a ratio that uh, Newton came up with uh, um, you know years ago when they they formed the uh, British pound and uh, 
currency that we're using right today here in London, <laughs> which is, uh, uh, but but anyways, and and I think you said actually there's a little uh, thread of silver in the in, in the 20 uh, pound note, so I'm not sure if that's true or not, but it, it looks like it could be real silver. But anyways, the, 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 we're just getting off topic. But the the, the fact of the matter is that uh, silver is going through a re-rating, and the ratio should be 16 to one, and and today we're at about 32. Uh, to one, so uh, if gold stayed exactly where it is today, which which it will obviously won't, I think gold's going higher as well. But uh, if it stayed exactly where it is today, that would put us at silver at eighty-two dollars an ounce, uh, and uh, you know we're at forty-six today. So even though silver's uh, performed very well over the last few months, it still has a long, long way to go. Um, yeah, I mean it's incredibly exciting, really, and and you know people who followed silver and followed your company and other silver mining companies, we've been waiting a long time for this moment, and so, and and it's it's finally happening, and, and I suppose the the big question is 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 why did it take so long to happen? You know, it's I think it's it's. Um you know the market is the market, and, and you get used to seeing a market in a certain price range, and and, and uh, you know you you have the commercials um, who who have historically re- uh, controlled this market, and you know when I mean the commercials, I mean the big buyers of silver that need it for their televisions, need it for their circuit boards, need it for windows, and so on and so forth, and uh, they and and when the silver moved and like we've seen it over the last six years you know when it goes from six to twelve for example or or eight to fifteen and then uh, um, the commercials would actually stop buying and 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 when they stopped buying they would just wait for the metal to come back to you know a price that they felt comfortable with and they would start buying again and that's really what's gone on over the last twenty years but since the, this whole uh, uh, um, Supply side of things started to occur, which I already touched on, where you where you've got uh, historic lows in the metal on the planet, and you've got the increasing demands um, on silver because of the technologies that we're now using today compared to before. Um, the the um, the commercials are now in a, in a position where they've been forced to bid bid the metal higher, um, and uh, you've also got the, the what I call the sharks out there, uh, the the big hedge funds who also see uh, and, and smell blood. So, so they're out there saying, hey, look, in a, in a market that's so tight, why don't we go in and even make it tighter? And, and all of a sudden, so you've got you know, this broad asset management and, and, and other hedge funds around the world creating you know, physical t- ETFs, um, and uh, that's creating a, even more destabilization in the physical market. So you, it, it's kind of a perfect storm. Uh, it, it, uh, for lack of any better way of describing it, but uh, you know, it's an obviously exciting environment for everyone. Yeah. Now, I mean, you first started looking into silver in the late '90s, I think. And when when did you form First Majestic? What in in 2002. 2002. So, and I mean, y- you structured the company for this moment. Uh, you know, there was you were one of the first people to see that there was going to be a supply shortage of silver for various reasons, and. Uh, you know, you you built the mining company and you, you, you took over the ASICs, you explored them, you've built three mines now, is it? Three mines and the fourth one is now under construction. Okay, and, and you know, you didn't even bother with the lead and the zinc, you just purely focused on silver and you were wanting to build a pure silver company and uh, you obviously chose Mexico because uh, it's a better jurisdiction to be in than, say, Bolivia. And, and you know, you had to be very patient with First Majestic, and it was, it was, um, you know, there were other Mexican silver companies out there, but you know, it's suddenly become apparent in the last six months that 
you know, First Majestic's just suddenly pulled away from all the others. Um, so I, I don't know what I'm, I'm asking you, really. I'm, I'm just kind of describing how, how, it's, how well it's worked out for you. I mean, th these were all things that you thought of when you were building the company, presumably. Well, absolutely. Uh, when, when I... Uh, I, I I put together, excuse me, I put together a company called First Quantum Minerals, which is a copper company, and uh, my two favorite metals is copper and silver, and, and uh, uh, you know, these are two metals that we need in a day-to-day -day basis, and uh, without these two metals, you know, our, as I said earlier, our life would change dramatically for the worse, so I'm a bull on both copper and silver, and, and uh, I left First Quantum in 2000, and, uh, you know, the company became, you know, obviously a very large, you know, copper company after that. Uh, um, but I, I saw the market bottoming uh, in the metal sector because back in 2000 it was a pretty ugly environment as you probably remember. You know we had $250 gold and you know 65 cents copper and and you know 350 uh, silver and uh, but in 2002 it was pretty obvious to me anyways that the market had bottomed and we were starting to see the big uh, move and uh, I called it and back in 2002 the beginning of a generational shift. And uh, it was a actually that quote was actually picked up by by a media by the media after I, I said it, and I've seen it show up a couple of other times since. But really, this is what's happening. This is, this is a generational change that is occurring in the entire resource sector because there hasn't been an investment of serious nature in the resource sector for 30 years. You know, if you go back, you have to go back as far back as the 70s to really see a serious amount of money being invested in this sector. Uh, we went through the 80s and the 90s, um, you know, building industry, building um, uh, technology, and ignoring the whole supply side of the, the, the equation. And we were uh, um, using up all the above ground supplies of, you know, copper and silver and, and so on. And uh, now that's created this huge, you know, price move in these metals. And you add that to the to the uh, occurrence of you know, China and Russia and, and India and uh, Brazil, you know the the BRIC nations all coming to market all simultaneously. So you have this you have a huge supply problem, but you've got a huge demand problem as well because you've got a third of the world's population coming to market today wanting to buy cell phones, wanting to buy automobiles, wanting to have the stuff that we have here in London or have in North America. You know, uh, uh, and I just came back from Singapore and I was just amazed with with, with you know the amount of ships in that port. You know, and I. I, you know, the, 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 the construction, the, the growth that's going on on a worldwide scale is just absolutely unbelievable. And uh, this, this move in, in the metals, you, know, you could say, well, you know, are, are we going to you know, see a bubble here or, or you know, are we reaching a top? You know, when you travel around the world as much as I do, you, you, you're, you become a firm believer in this whole macroeconomic theory that I uh, uh, thought of back in 2002 when I first put this company together. And uh, this market's here for, for a long, long time. And, uh, of course, there's going to be gyrations. No market is ever up. But, uh, you know, I think that uh, we're going to see triple-digit silver prices over the next few years. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, we're, we're you know, $46 silver. It's, it's, you know, almost unbelievable that we're actually at $46 silver. But, you know, as I said, it's going way, way higher. It's, it, but at the same time, there's a real problem um, in the silver mining industry. I mean, I think BHP is the biggest silver producer in the world, and they only produce their silver as a byproduct. Um, and if you look at some of the other major silver miners, you, you know, Pan Americans run into a bit of trouble uh, because of what's happening in Bolivia now. Heckler's had problems with it. It was forced to sell its mine in Venezuela. And, um, you know, Silver Standard is, is, is not the company it was before Quartermain left. And so the other kind of major silver producers have all got their own unique problems. And 
First Majestic, on the other hand, doesn't, which is why you've kind of accelerated past them all. Yeah, it's interesting you say that uh, um, because it is actually reality, and everything you said is dead on accurate. Uh, you know, it, it, we we've been telling the story for six years. Our story has not changed, and, and uh, you know it, it's funny when I go on stage, I uh, virtually say the same thing I've said, you know, <laughs> every presentation for the last five years. But obviously the numbers are growing, and and uh, you know, but we're we're going to double our production. Um, in the next four years from our current level. We went from 7 million ounces last year, we'll do about 8 million this year, we'll do 10.5 next year, and we're actually projecting 16 million ounces by 2014. Well, you know, some of the companies that you've mentioned you are projecting lower numbers for this year, and, and they've got problems in Peru or Bolivia or, or wherever. And, you know, Mexico's really shining as the place to be uh, in invested as a mining company in, in any metal, basically, but you know, here specifically silver. But um, it's interesting that uh, you know, we've really uh, now becoming kind of the shining star among all the silver, silver companies, and it's because we're the purest in the world. You know, we're 97% uh, of our revenues from the sale of silver in the first quarter of this year, and you know, that's extremely unique you know, compared to like a Pan American at 60% or he Hecla at 45%. So you know, for investors looking for exposure in silver, you know, first Majestic, it really makes the most sense out of any of the other companies out there, and I, that's now becoming more well-known. Um, I think a year ago it probably wasn't as 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 um, maybe important, or maybe it wasn't as recognized. But but you know when you see silver going from eighteen dollars to over forty dollars an ounce, all of a sudden people want a pure as play as possible, mm -hmm. and that's why our stock is doing what it's doing. And and, uh, and you're not an explorer; you're a producer. It's real. Yeah, yeah. I remember the days when you know first quarter was going back to that company just quickly. Uh, um, you know that stock was about you know uh, I think around five or six dollars in two thousand and three. And by 2008, it hit $140 a share, and you know it was just like a skyrocket. And uh, um, you know, I look at a lot of similarities with First Majestic because you know First Quantum became like I think the the best performing mining company in the world for for a couple of years there. And uh, you know, First Majestic was you know the best performing silver company in 2010. And uh, and and uh, a lot of the reason why that that stock that the first quantum went to well the only reason why is uh, uh, the primary reason why that stock went to one hundred forty dollars is because of its purity. You know, mm -hmm. It's the purest copper company in the world, and uh, we're the purest silver company in the world. And when silver, it's goes it's kind of the opposite strategy to diversification, isn't it? It's it's focus on something, and, and eventually it'll come good. I'm I'm a big believer in that, big believer, in and I think that's that's what the institutions want, that's what the investors want. And uh, you know, we still when we see silver break through fifty bucks here in the next couple of weeks, you know, it'll be exciting uh, for our maybe shareholders. maybe it'll even happen this afternoon <laughs> before I put the yeah. show up. Well, let's hope it doesn't happen that quick. <laughs> Now, um, and, and I think you've benefited a lot by listing on the NYSE as well. And uh, I think you should tell um, listeners what your ticker symbol is because it's so fantastic. Yeah, it, it even surprises me today that we got the symbol AG uh, on the NYSE. It, it was it was not available at first when we started the listing process. And uh, I, I remember getting the email from the New York Stock Exchange with a list of about 30 symbols on it for me to choose from. And uh, I just couldn't get my head wrapped around any of the symbols. Uh, they just didn't make any sense to me. Uh, um, um, so I asked them again. I said, look, give me another list. And uh, they gave me a second list of symbols, and AG was right at the top of the list. And I, I, I couldn't believe it. I, I, I typed in AU right away on my quote machine to see what AU was because, quite frankly, I didn't know what it was. And it was Anglo Gold. <laughs> so, uh, of course, you know, being Anglo Gold, being AU, of course, it made a lot of sense to me that First Majestic should be AG. So we, we took it. That was a, a little twist of destiny, that one. Exactly. So, um, so 
I mean, where do you go from here? You're, 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 you're building your fourth mine. You're increasing your production. Um, the stock's doing incredibly well. The earnings are good. Uh, I, I guess you must be sniffing around and looking at other sites and other companies and so on. Are, are there any companies you like the look of, or is everything too expensive? Or is there, is there, are there a couple of com companies that are kind of passing under the radar there? Well, there's about five questions there. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, let, 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 let me try to answer the first one first because I think it's most important because you asked me, what do we do now? Um, what we really have to focus on is, is continually focus on making sure our costs can be maintained, our cost structures. Mm -hmm. uh, in an inflationary environment like this, uh, there's a lot of challenges uh, to, to uh, maintain low costs. What, what is your cost per ounce at now? It's $7 an ounce. And uh, we're trying to maintain that as best as possible. It's, it's tough in this environment. Um, you're going to see inflation for sure coming in, and we're expecting it. Uh, we're already seeing it. Uh, but there's also a throughput. Of, uh, and, um, People additions. are demanding higher wages, are they? <clears throat> wages, chemical costs are going up, equipment costs are going up, you know, things like that. So mm -hmm. it's just right across the board. But as our throughput increases as well, um, we've got some efficiencies, you know, coming into the system. You know, new technologies is what we're looking at. Uh, new new processes, replacing old equipment, you know, with new equipment, so on and so forth. So there are there's things that we can do to, to bring prices down, mm -hmm. but at the same time, there's pressures. So it's a kind of a um, uh, something we have to really focus on as a company. Um, and then on the other side, you know, growth. You know, the, uh, you know, we're fortunate that we actually. Uh, I was very aggressive. Um, buying assets and we're very lucky uh, we are a team in Mexico is very plugged into to what's going on obviously so we we were very fortunate enough to get some really good assets in our portfolio in the early days when when these assets were a lot cheaper uh, and uh, uh, um, you know we can now see you know it's a big number I know it's not a number we throw around uh, uh, every day or lightly uh, because it, you know it, it uh, but but with our current asset base, we could actually see on paper that we could be our 18 to 19 million ounce producer, you know, going out five years from now. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and there's, you know, so that's over twice of where we're at today. It's almost three times or two and a half times of where we're at today, just with our current asset mm -hmm. base. So we're not really forced to go out and buy anyone. Yeah. Um, um, so we're, we're just kind of si sitting, you know, on our assets and, you know, and just going to develop our own, own assets. Uh, um, and just keep building our production and, and keep our costs maintained. Do you have you are your people on the ground always doing site visits at other Mexican companies and just kind of keeping tabs on what's going on? Oh yeah, of course. You know we have to do. We're there's a lot of cooperation uh, between mining companies. Uh, um, you know we're we're obviously in Mexico, so we're 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 always working with other mining companies in Mexico. Uh, uh, many of them your listeners would have heard of, and uh, I can't you know individualize or discuss every uh, or, or individual companies but you know we're very plugged into what's going on and uh, uh, we know you know intimately the the ins and outs and, and, and so on and so forth and you know they, I'm not saying there's not going to be an acquisition because you know maybe there will be over the next couple of years that's how we build the company yeah you know, uh, all are we bought two public companies so far we bought one public company in 2006 we bought another public company in 2009 the other assets were bought by private companies in Mexico. So, you know, we've proven we're aggressive. But at the same time, you know, we're lucky to have such a good asset base. So mm -hmm. we're, we're just going to – our next moves are going to be very strategic. Okay. So, in other words, you don't have to do it, but if there's a good deal, you do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We've been good at buying distressed assets. Yeah, I, I heard you say 2009. I presume that was a, a distressed asset. It was. It was beautiful. Uh, we paid uh, uh, 18 cents an ounce for 50 million ounces of silver. <laughs> so. 
Very good. Yeah, it was quite nice. Okay, so so very exciting times, and um, I mean, have you looking at it the other way round? Have, have you had approaches from any kind of major companies, a BHP or Rio, looking to expand their silver base? Of people sniffing around you at all? Well, I can't comment on on uh, the specifics, but um, you know, we 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 have looked at other companies ourselves, and other companies have looked at us, and, and uh, you know, it's a cooperative um, relationship that we have with many companies, and um, you know, I don't know what what other companies think and, and uh, they don't probably know what I think either so it's just um, you know we, we, we're, we're cooperative because we like to be and, and uh, you know we'll see where it all, all goes I, I can't tell you for sure alright well Keith uh, thanks very much and uh, it's always a pleasure talking to you and, and uh, it's very interesting getting your insight into the silver market let me actually put, let me just quickly touch on this because it is everyone's favourite subject was I mean, is one of the reasons that we're getting this moonshot at the moment in silver because the price was artily, artificially held back before? I mean, do you think there's all sorts of shenanigans like that going on? You know, I'm not exactly sure. You know, there, there's uh, there's a whole J.P. Morgan conspiracy theory and and, uh, and and others, you know, similar theories like that. You listen to Ted Butler, and, and uh, you know, he's predicting you know par gold silver and and uh, um, you Honestly. know it's just. Honestly, yeah, he's right. part. Can you imagine? Part, uh, you know, he, he's he's the most extreme, yeah. obviously. But but there's others that are less extreme, but also talking about you know you know two three hundred dollars silver. Um, um, so it, it's really hard to say. You know, it, you know, quite honestly, I think if uh, there's any bank that uh, ever defaulted on a position of that size, I think they would just go to the federal government, the U.S. government, and uh, the U.S. government write them a check, and and uh, that would be done with it. But uh, you know, other people you know may maybe think differently, but the the um, is China the, buying a lot of silver? They are, and if you talk to some of the traders, uh, like Scotia Macata is a big, big one of the biggest traders in the world on in, in precious metals. Uh, there are a lot of there's a lot of silver going into retail hands right now. Not so much the bank, the government. It's all retail buyers. Um, the Chinese uh, seem to. Uh, this is the year of the rabbit, as you probably know, and and. Uh, there's a uh, there's a big move for whatever reason. Um, um, the, the the banks have uh, produced a uh, silver coin uh, with a rabbit on it, and it's become a real rage uh, in China. Uh, and and the small regional banks are producing these coins, and they're being sold in the hundreds of thousands uh, all throughout uh, the the uh, rural China, and uh, um, you know as a gift and and, and so on and. Uh, a lot of the silver that's being shipped over from um, from Scotia Macata in, in one thousand ounce bars are being melted down into these one ounce coins, oh. and uh, it's millions and millions of ounces. It's very interesting. David Morgan always used to say this: that you know, at a certain point, gold will become too expensive. Mm -hmm. And if you think a one ounce gold coin costs you one thousand five hundred dollars, that's quite a lot of money for a lot of people. Uh, but forty five dollars for a one ounce silver coin, or you know, is affordable. Mm -hmm. And so I think we've maybe reached that point where people have turned to silver simply because, on a kind of day-to-day -day physical level, because it's just affordable. Yeah, it, it could very well be that. And, and uh, um, but but I still think that um, you know the investment in silver from from uh, uh, you know retail perspective is still a very small component to to the um, to the move that we're seeing right now. I, I think that there's still. Uh, commercially driven, uh, uh, the, because I still believe that uh, 
Um, the uses of silver are, are growing explosively. You know, the problem in Japan, for example, just recently with the nuclear uh, um, facilities being being damaged. You know, that has been very bullish for silver, and it's you know it's an unfortunate event, obviously. And you know, sympathy goes out to the Japanese and to the entire nuclear industry. But uh, you know, what's happening now is there's a big move into the solar industry, and and these solar panels consume a lot of silver and. and uh, uh, if you go back and look at Barclays' report, and, and it was actually Bar Barclays put out a report. I think it was August or, or September of uh, 2010, where they had, have a study on, on on silver panels. And if I get the numbers correct, uh, or if they might be slightly wrong, but the numbers were something in the order of um, 40 million ounces of silver were used uh, in 2009 in, in the solar panel industry. And they predicted uh, in, by 2012 that number would be 120 million ounces of silver being consumed in, in, in that industry. And that's next year. And that's before this nuclear problem occurred. Mm -hmm. right? And I've heard numbers as high as 250 million ounces of silver being consumed in this industry um, um, alone. What is annual silver production? 850,000. 850 million ounces. So that would be a quarter of annual silver production? Yeah, into one industry. You know, can you yeah. imagine? Yeah. You know, the, the, yeah. The, and this is one of the reasons why the, the commercials are so concerned right now. And, and uh, you've got the Toshibas, the Sonys, the Toyotas, you know, the, the huge, huge multinationals just buying silver like crazy right now because it's taking them so long to get the metal in their warehouses that they need to buy it today just to get delivery three to six months from now so they could keep making their televisions or, or circuit boards and so mm -hmm. Exciting times, exciting times, and, and uh, like I say, a lot of us have been waiting a long time for it, and, and uh, but um, it, it's finally happening. Well, it's it's you know, and, and when you say it's finally happening, it is still still a little bit hard to believe, you know. Uh, um, even though I've been you know saying you know thirty five dollars silver for the last couple of years, and that would be the first stop, the next stop would be a hundred or fifty dollars silver, then the next stop would be a hundred dollars silver. Now to actually be in a forty five or forty six dollars silver environment. It's pretty, pretty amazing. Uh, I, you know, I said I, to you last night that I felt it would hit a bit of a wall at fifty dollars mm -hmm. because it's the old high and it's such a significant number. Yeah. But you were quite dismissive of that. I think it's an artificial number, and um, you know, I know you came out with a sell on silver at uh, I think it was thirty dollars, and, <laughs> and, and, and I know David Morgan came out with a sell on silver at twenty dollars. Yeah. And um, you know, and David Morgan's got a, quite a following in the silver. You know, he's looked at as like the silver guru and yeah. uh, you know, it was quite a controversy when he put out the sale at twenty dollars and uh, you know I, I, I kind of shook my head when he did it but um, you know he did and, and uh, but you know it, it's just you know he he's calling for 160 dollars silver I was right to sell silver at thirty dollars. It just didn't go down quite as far <laughs> as I thought it would. <laughs> yeah, well, but it, it, so yeah, it's a part of it. So you lose your position. Yeah, right. There you because go. Because, because you, you you're no longer long. You hope it goes down to whatever number you, you expect it goes down to, and it doesn't get there, then you're you're out of the market, and uh, you know that's that's a challenge. And uh, so what do you do now? You got to go buy it back at, at forty five, forty six, just to get back in. It's it's a tough trade. Yeah. But but. Uh, you know, it may look fifty dollars is a psychological number. To be fair to David, uh, and also to me, David does say keep seventy-five percent of your position at all times, mm. and have twenty-five percent that you trade in and out of. Oh, okay. So, so yeah, yeah. it was only in that little twenty-five percent that 
that you know, he says he, so. Yeah. Okay, well that that makes actually more sense. And, yeah. and if if that's if that's you know, what he said, then that makes perfect sense. But but you know if you know the fifty dollars silver, if you look go back and look at the chart, yeah, uh, and that fifty dollars is not really a real uh, number yeah. because it happened in a space of a couple of days, and and, and it. it it was down back to where it was within a couple of days. That whole move was over a three-month period. Yeah. From from like 25 back to 25 was was over a very yeah. short period of time. So I, you know I think that you'd have to erase that, take that right out uh, of the equation, and and look at um, uh, you know probably 25 30 dollars as the actual you know all-time high. Yeah. So so on an inflation-adjusted basis, we're probably almost there, and uh, then uh, so that's what I mean the 50 dollars. I think you know, he times it by about. I think seventy-five dollars would be twenty-five dollars right? on an inflation-adjusted basis. Yeah, yeah. So I think that would be a tougher yeah. number to get through than the fifty-dollar number. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll see because we're going we're to test fifty dollars this afternoon. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Oh my God! Is that a prediction? <laughs> So uh, uh, let, let me um, just. Uh, why don't you give out the details of your company, Keith, as we close the website and your ticker symbol? Sure. The uh, uh, as we said, the AG is the New York uh, ticker symbol. FR is the Toronto ticker symbol. Uh, the uh, website address is www.firstmajestic.com. There you go. And uh, you can log on to firstmajestic.com and buy silver dollars. And, or, well, they're not silver dollars, but one-ounce silver coins or even silver bars. Keith Nomai, what a pleasure. Thank you very much. And uh, I'll talk to you again soon. Okay, thanks very much, Tom. Okay, it's great to uh, see you again. Frisbee's Bulls and Bears is presented and produced by Dominic Frisbee. To discuss the markets and have your say, why not visit our forum at globaledgeinvestors.com. That's globaledgeinvestors.com. To join our mailing list so you can be updated as soon as a new show is posted, please email info at dominicfrisbee.net or simply subscribe through iTunes. 